0: All right. Open your Bibles to Daniel, and uh, we're going to cap this out. This is really a powerful. This is called his final vision, and this is that's the title of the message today is the final vision. This is the last vision Daniel receives before we begin to see uh, really history happen. And Daniel's been talking, and remember, this is all uh, pro. This is all proactive. Before history happens, God is showing Daniel what's about to happen. And I love that. Through the book of Daniel, uh, God has not only spoken to Daniel, but he's spoken to Nebuchadnezzar and all the kings. He's, he's been purposeful in saying, hey, uh, I need you to shift your thoughts away from the false gods. I need you to focus on me. And he's revealed himself in a powerful way to so many people. But uh, specifically, Daniel has been uh, that person that God has looked to uh, to really communicate uh, his plan for uh, the Jews and for everybody, the whole world. And, and he's shared the coming of the Messiah, he shared the end times, he shared, uh, and so today we're going to be looking at Daniel chapter 10, 11, and 12, uh, but it'll be a little bit different today because normally I take you one chapter at a time, but chapter 11 uh, is really speaking towards uh, things that I've already, we've discussed, but God goes into more detail, so I'll let you feed on that a little bit more if you want to read more about chapter 11, but he gives a lot of detail about what's going to happen to the king of Persia, how Alexander the Great's going to come into power, and so we we really, uh, we've talked through that the last few weeks because the visions all point to the same uh, plan that God has. So, but what I do want to talk to you about is, uh, is this vision and really three things really stood out to me. And I think you'll all walk away with some, some powerful truths, uh, out of these three chapters. But, uh, first, uh, I want you to see that in Daniel chapter 10, uh, he has this vision and his vision is about, uh, a person. Uh, I believe it to be Jesus. Some, some believe it to be an angel and Jesus. Uh, uh, the first conversation being an angel and the second conversation being Jesus, but I believe it's all Jesus. And the reason why I believe that is because many of the things that happen with Daniel, only God can do. Angels don't typically heal or bring strength or peace. Uh, That's God's part. God's the healer. God's the one that brings peace. As you remember, when he walked into the disciples' room and they were fearful, what did he say? Peace be with you. God's the prince of peace, right? So the angels do have a part, and a very important part. And Daniel's met, obviously, uh, Gabriel in his, in his conversations. And so uh, I believe this to be Jesus. And so uh, whether I'm right or wrong, God will make that clear someday. But I, I just wanted to kind of show you uh, really this powerful conversation. And this conversation uh, really answers a lot of questions. And a lot of questions we all have. This is the other reason why I believe it's Jesus, because a lot of us are answer, have asked these questions. Maybe you're here today, and as, we, as I reveal them to you, you're going to be like, yeah, what about that? Or I don't know what the answer to that is. And Jesus makes it perfectly clear in conversation, and only God can have this kind of wisdom. And so I'm going to show you that in the scriptures today. But first, let's look at his vision of Jesus. And this is the first point that I'm going to share with you. Uh, his vision, Daniel's vision of Jesus. So he has this vision, and uh, this is what he sees. Uh, starting in verse 5 of chapter 10. He says, I looked up and suddenly there before me stood a person robed in linen garments with a belt of purest gold around his waist and glowing, uh, lustrous skin. From his face came blinding flashes like lightning and his eyes were pool of fire. His arms and feet shone like polished brass and his voice was like the roaring of a vast multitude of people. Now, if you know anything about the Bible, this is very similar to Ezekiel chapter 1 and Revelation chapter 1, which both describe God. They both describe Jesus Christ. And so uh, another reason why I believe this to be Jesus is because it, they're they're very uh, united in description. And so uh, Daniel sees this this uh, this man. We'll just, uh, his name is Jesus. And he sees this man and uh, interesting thing happens. It's, it's pretty crazy. I, I don't know, um, I don't know about you, but wouldn't you like to see Jesus, anybody? Yeah. Oh man, I would have loved to live in that three year, 33 year time span when he was on earth. And you know, I think we've all had those prayers. God, if you could just would, reveal yourself to me or, you know, it'd be great to, if we could just have some coffee, jump on a Starbucks or something and and have a coffee or, or, you know, give me your number and I'll just shoot you a quick text real quick. It'd be great to have that. uh, We have that. It's called prayer, by the way. But, but, you know, it'd be, you know, just making it real for us. Um, But we would all love to sit down with him, wouldn't we? See him face to face, have that talk. And we will. We will have that moment, but uh, and maybe you've had a vision. I've I've heard and seen people and talked to people that have had visions similar to Daniel's about seeing Jesus and seeing him, and all of them are described very similarly. Like this is this wonderful glow, this glorious glow, and white robe and linen and all these things. But um, but he has this moment, and it's interesting how everyone reacts. And now it's a vision. So, but what you see is interesting. His friends, they're part of the vision, and his friends see. God, too, they they see Jesus as well, and what do they do? They run. They're they're, they're just, uh, does that remind you of a situation in the New Testament, right, where the disciples are with Jesus, and Jesus tells them what's about to happen, and when it happens, they all get fearful and run, and this is what happens with, uh, in the vision with Daniel, is his friends see God, and they get fearful, and they just split, and they run, now, Daniel remains, and, and I love this about Daniel. You see an aspect of uh, Daniel's character here, uh, but I, I would hope to think that we would all be the same if we were to see Jesus, that uh, there's a reality of your heart. Uh, you know, God talks about where your treasure is there. Your heart will be also. I think when we all see Jesus, uh, we will all worship him. And. Maybe it'll be the same, maybe it won't, but I'll tell you, we will worship. Uh, every part of us will worship Jesus. And Daniel, when he sees Jesus and, and when Jesus begins to speak, he describes it this way. I fell flat on my face, not not like getting hurt, but he, he went down and he fell on his face and worshiped God. Now he describes it as, it was like I was asleep or like I fainted, I, but he's just describing, I was just so focused on my worship to Jesus. I was so respectful and reverent of him Uh, I laid face down before him as he spoke. I don't know about you, but someday every name and every tongue will confess that it is Jesus. I don't know what that will look like, but I will tell you this. Whether they knew him before on earth or not, they will worship Jesus. Every tongue of every nation and every tribe will confess that Jesus is Lord. And I believe many of us will be face down before him saying, Jesus, you are Lord. And Daniel's describing this aspect of worship, this posture of worship. You know, it's amazing when we're in the presence of God, Uh, we choose to worship. We make a choice to worship. We make a choice to respect and honor. Whether it's we lift our hands. Look, the Bible gives you amazing ways to worship God. Uh, You know, and and I'm not talking about music, although music is a beautiful picture of the words sung and spoken over us through song. Uh, But we make a choice to engage. We make a choice to initiate. You know, when you watch the Steelers today, you make a choice where they score to clap. And, you know, they're just carrying a piece of pig over the line. But we clap and we get excited about that. Well, we get really excited about being in the presence of God. And I believe not only should our, our mouth sing and, our, and our, our attention, our focus be on Jesus, but, uh, you yeah, we should sing or dance or clap. Or, and look, I'm not telling you to do what I do, but make it your own. It's the Lord of Lords. It's the one that we're going to spend all eternity with. He deserves our respect and our honor and our reverence. And and whatever way that is to you, God knows your heart. Uh, But I just encourage you, uh, you know, that... Worship is purposeful, it's intentional, it's a choice, and Daniel chose to worship. And the second uh, point today is his conversation with Jesus, and I think this is interesting. Now, we're going to be going through chapter 10, 11, and 12 to kind of look at this conversation because uh, it's, like I said, this vision goes on through all three chapters, but I just want to pull out a few things and really bring out uh, maybe some questions that we've all had, or maybe uh, maybe you've never like orated it that way or have this question, but I'm just going to show you a few things in this conversation, and it makes it perfectly clear. Jesus makes it really clear about certain things. And these truths, I believe you walk out of here anchored today a little bit differently. Now, uh, whenever we want to know something, we go to Google or Alexa or Siri, and we say, hey, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, now, I promise you, if you start asking these biblical questions, if you ask Alexa or Siri, maybe try it at home. I've never done it, but maybe you ask Alexa or Siri, you know, well, let's try it. What do you think? <laughs> Siri, is there a heaven or hell? she's got problems she's just got silicon valley so (laughs) So. (laughs) that's what it is that's awesome Uh, i didn't know that would happen but that's awesome Uh. but we asked you know we go to crazy places to get answers sometime right so uh prayerfully you go to the bible prayerfully you go to people with wisdom but a lot of times we go to the wrong places and you're going to get crazy answers like that uh, you're going to get answers that are, that are lies and deception or uh, things that, uh, you know, we really want to be true, but they may not be true, but we make this truth, we make this reality that's really not true. So let me, let me uh, show you a few things. That's one of them, right? Is there heaven and hell? I'm sure you want to know that question, but that's, that's what's in our world today, that there's no hell. They don't care about heaven, but there's no hell. Um, so uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. Well, Jesus will make it very clear to you here in a second. But um, here's, here's something that uh, maybe you've never thought about, maybe you have. Uh, well, what about the angels? What are the angels doing? Uh, and Jesus says this. Jesus sends angels to fight for us and to minister to us or for us. The angels, their, their main purpose is to minister to us. And you don't realize that they're fighting as well on your behalf. How many of you knew that? That's pretty crazy. When Jesus, uh, when, when Jesus was going to come to the earth, who told Everybody. The angels did they appeared to mary told mary they appeared to joseph appeared to many people but they ministered they brought the news they brought the good news uh, when jesus was weary after 40 days of fasting who ministered to him the angels did see this is the main purpose of an angel we saw it in daniel right gabriel came ministered to him gave him knowledge and wisdom from heaven understanding of, of heavenly visions and dreams gabriel came and ministered to him so we see this all through the scriptures, but I don't think we realize that your prayers and those moments, those relationships, those times that we have with Jesus, the angels are actually fighting by half. Let me show you. Here's what he says in chapter, uh, chapter 10, verses 12 through 13. Look at this. Then he said, speaking to Daniel, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day you began to pray for understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your request has been heard in heaven. I have come to answer, answer to your prayer. But for 21 days, listen to this. For 21 days, the spirit prince of the kingdom of Persia, the king of Persia, blocked my way. Or, uh, then Michael, one of the angels, came up to help me, and I left him there with the spirit prince of kingdom of Persia. So, uh, sorry, the, the, the king of Persia isn't the spirit prince. The, the spirit prince that they're fighting are demons. It's the demonic. There's, do you realize there's spiritual warfare happening every day you don't see? That the enemy... Satan himself has a plan and purpose to steal, kill, and destroy. And God has a purpose to show you abundant life. And both of those forces are fighting for their own mission and plan. And Jesus says, hey, look, for 21 days. It's not that God, struggled and couldn't beat them. But there's a reality that he allowed 21 days for the the demonic or the, the fallen angels. For 21 days there was, and then he sent Michael, the archangel. He sent Michael to take care of it. So I don't know uh, what you're, maybe this is new to you, but there are angels. There are fallen angels. Ezekiel describes it this way, that Satan was an angel that lived in heaven. He was actually the main worshiping angel. He was made with beautiful instruments in his body to worship God, but he became prideful and wanted people to worship him or angels to worship him. And because of that, God, Jesus Christ, threw him out of heaven like that instantly there wasn't a battle. There wasn't a wrestling match. There wasn't a fight. The moment it happened, he was done. And a third of the angels fell with him. And now maybe you're thinking, well, that's a lot of angels. It is, but listen one third fell, and how many remained? We have a lot more angels fighting for us than against us. And not only that, but we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit above those angels. Look, there's really no battle that can't be won. But I don't know if I'd I never realized this. Uh, Yes, I, I knew there was spiritual warfare, but I didn't realize that when we pray, when we pray, things happen in heaven. The angels themselves, Jesus commands the angels to go, go to warfare for them. You go to warfare for them. Because notice, Daniel, that's what he said to Daniel. Dana, the moment you prayed, the very first moment you began to pray and you began to seek God, I talked to Michael and I sent Michael down there. It took 21 days. I don't know why. That's why he's God and we're not. But the reality is God's in in control and he's in charge. And he took care of it because somebody prayed. So the angels are fighting for you and they're there to minister to you. How about Jesus himself? How about God himself? Well, he says in the same chapter that he also fights for you. And he's there for you. In verse uh, 20 and 21 of chapter 10, this is what Jesus says. It says, then he said, do you know why I've come to you, speaking of Daniel? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. And when I have gone forth, indeed, the prince of Greece will come. Here's what he's saying. After I crush him, then Alexander the Great and Greece is going to take over, which has been prophesied already. But notice who's doing the fighting. God is. After I come and I take care of the demonic warfare that's happening, then Greece is going to come over and take over the Medes and Persians, which is something we knew, something we talked about, something that God has already shown them hundreds of years before. And so now his plan is happening. So the angels fight for you. The angels are there to minister to you. God's fighting for you. I don't know about you, but prayer is a whole new game now, isn't it? I mean, not that it should be from, from day one, but we don't realize when we pray that God is listening and he's enabling. He's putting angels into work. He's sending out angels to warfare. He's sending out angels to minister to us. He himself is saying, I got this one. Now, realize. He sees the whole picture. He knew it was going to happen before. But there's also this aspect of communion, of prayer, conversation, relationship that we have with Jesus. And we don't realize how much is happening in heaven. That's why Jesus taught us to pray, right? He taught us to pray what's happening on heaven, right? That's the the Lord's prayer. Lord, let your kingdom come. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So you realize when you pray, you're enacting heaven. The things of heaven come to earth and heaven always overrides what's happening on earth. Always. God's not going to lose a battle with a demon. (laughs) The the angels are not going to lose to the devil. Sure, there's a time frame and that's something we don't and we probably don't want to understand. Let's let God handle that. But let's just know that God's fighting for us. There's angels fighting for us. God hears our words. In that same chapter, I love what the Lord said to Daniel. Daniel, the moment you humbled yourself, and this is an important piece that's probably for another message, but the moment you humbled yourself, scripture says, you draw near to me, I'll draw near to you. Jeremiah says, I know the plans to prosper and bless you, not to harm you. And then it goes on to say, those who seek me will find me. And this is what God's saying to Daniel. The moment you turn to me, The moment you humbled yourself and turned to me, I heard. From the very first word out of your mouth, I heard it and I answered it. And the angels came and they took care of the king. They took care of the spiritual realm because you prayed. So he hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. Timing. We live in the here and now. We want microwave prayers. We want to push the button and it be done. That's not the way it works but it doesn't mean God's not listening to you. So here's another question. This is the one I asked Siri. Is there a heaven and hell? We live in a world today where there's no hell. Now that's not true, but that's what the world's telling us. This is what the enemy's trying to lie and deceive, that there's, there's no hell. Well, look at what Jesus says in uh, chapter 12. Chapter 12, verses one and two. Verses 1 and 2, it says this, At that time, Michael, who's Michael? Angel. Angel, right, you got it. Shall stand up. The great prince who stands watch over the sons of your people. And there should be a time of trouble such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time and to the time your people shall be delivered. Everyone who is found written in the book. If you read Revelation, you know what that's talking about. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake. Some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. The New Living Translation says some to everlasting disgrace. There you go, there's heaven and hell. It's called Sheol in the Bible. It's described many ways. Jesus talked a lot about hell while he was on earth, by the way. So if there was no hell, he would have told us. But here he is, even before he came to earth, and he's saying, look, there is a There is a hell, and I I love how he describes it, because we like to look at things as places, and they are places, they are locations, they are things where we'll go. But Jesus looks at it as relational. Right, John 3, 16, he came to give everlasting life to those that believe. Everlasting life, that's what he's saying right here. There's some that will spend everlasting life with me, which means we'll have a relationship with Jesus forever. With no sin, no temptation of sin, no enemy. There won't be any of that in heaven. Just Jesus and you. Everlasting life. That's heaven. And then there's, a, there's also some that will have everlasting contempt. Or let's just put it this way. They'll be, they will not be able to have a relationship with God forever. They will hear lies, destruction, and death for the rest of their life. And that's what Jesus is saying. Look, there's, there is a real heaven. There is a real hell. There, there is everlasting relationship either with me or without me. And some will have it and some won't. And it's not because God doesn't love them. Because God died for the whole world. It's, a, it's because they made a choice. Love is a choice. They made a choice. Jesus sacrificed himself for the whole world, for every sin, for every person. Whether they received Jesus or not, he still paid the price But the reality is that's the truth. Jesus hasn't changed. He communicated the same thing when he's on the earth as he did in Daniel. So here's the next thing. God sees every day and every situation. God sees every day and every situation. How many of, we, how many of you have said, God, where are you? God, you feel like you're a million miles away. God, do you even care? Anybody else had those honest prayers? Am I the only heathen, I guess? Look, we've all had those moments. where, God, Look, it's not true. Look, it's okay. Look, we have emotions. It doesn't mean our emotions are true. It doesn't mean our feelings are true all the time. But I think we've all had those. And it doesn't mean that you're a bad person if you have those thoughts. But this is why we have the word of God. This is why we have the book of Daniel. This is why we have scriptures like this. Let me show you this. Daniel chapter 12, verses nine through 12. Now it's gonna, let me just walk you through it real quick. He's talking to Daniel, and here's what he says. Daniel had a question. He asked the Lord a question, and here's what he said. And he said, said, Jesus said to Daniel, go your way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the end of time. So whatever God says, it's sealed up, it's done. It doesn't matter what happens on the earth. His plans will always go forward. Many shall be purified, made white, and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. And from the time that the daily sacrifice is taken away, the abomination and desolation is set up, there shall be 1,290 days. Now, maybe you're looking at that go and say, "How does that mean anything?" Well, in a message before, I talked about this time of desolation, this time of where somebody would come in and desolate the temple and would not honor God and would just do terrible things. And that happened at the time Uh, Right before Christ came. But I don't want you to focus on the negative. I want you to focus on what Jesus said. For 1,290 days, that means Jesus cares about every single day that you're on earth. That He's looking at every single day, every moment, every second. He knows the time, He knows the hour, He knows what's going to be happening in your life, He understands what you're going through, He sees the whole picture. And for 1,290 days, he told Daniel, look, this is how long it's going to be. Daniel asked the question, and he told him, I just want you to know that you have a God who cares and knows and understands and is part of your life. Even if you feel like, God, you're a million miles away, the fact is, he knows what happens today and tomorrow, and he's with you. And the truth is, is that he's fighting for you. There's angels fighting for you. He's fighting for you, that he hears your prayers. You may feel that way, but the truth is, is there's a God that's listening and knows. And he knows every moment of every second of every one of your days. He knows how many hairs is on your head. He knows your heart totally, bad or good. He knows what's going on with the righteous, and he knows what's going on with the wicked. He knows everything about everything. But the truth is, is he knows every one of our lives individually, and he cares enough to watch it, to understand it, to know it, to hear your prayers, and not only does he want to hear our prayers, but he wants you to pray. And he's listening for your prayers. He's listening for you to humble yourself. He's listening for you to talk. And when you do, heaven moves. Things on earth change. That's the God that we worship. So understand if you're going through something. Look, we all go through things. Look, I'm not any holier than you. I'm not any better than you. I've said these questions. I've said, God, where are you? Even as a pastor, I said, God, what's going on? To be honest with you, I probably said it last week. I did say it last week. But then I also spoke the truth. God, I know you're with me. I know you're for me. I know you're not against me. I know that no weapon formed against me will prosper. Even though I feel that way, I know the reality of the God that I worship. Where do I find that? I find it right here. I find it right here. So here's another thing that Jesus revealed is God is preparing a place and an inheritance for us. Isn't that remarkable? And Jesus repeated this when he was on earth as well. Maybe you've been to a couple funerals. How many of you guys have been to a couple funerals? You could probably do my job for me. You could probably preach the message, right? But what do we say? Most funerals, you hear this. God is especially for, it's for believers only, of course. It's not for, the wicked or unbelievers, but here's what he says: I'm going to prepare a place for you, and my Father's house are are many rooms. Think about that. Every single one of us, and this isn't even about a place. You know, notice God doesn't say, "Hey, I'm going to put you all in one room." Some of you with PTSD be like, "Thank God he's not putting us all in one room. I can do it." But notice we all have a special place in God's house. Here's really what he's saying. We're gonna spend everlasting life together and you're so precious to me. Look, I know you in and out every, and he has a special, he's gonna have a special way of showing it to you, communicating to you. If you're married, you, you know, it's pretty awesome when your husband or your wife, when they do something because they know you and it, it, it surprises you, isn't that a blessing? How about when the God of the universe, when you step into everlasting life, he says, hey, come take a look at what I have for you. And that's what he's telling Daniel. That's what he's telling you. Man, I have an inheritance for you. We think of an inheritance as physical, earthly things, but I promise you the inheritance Jesus is going to give you is going to blow you away. And this is what he's telling Daniel. Daniel, you run the race. Don't just run the race. You win the race. And whatever happens to you on earth, look, don't worry about it. You're going to rest for a little while, but you know what? Then you're going to pop up out of the ground. I'm going to meet you and I'm going to show you what everlasting and abundant life looks like. And that's the truth. How about this one? Let me uh, give you this last one here. Actually, i get a couple more. God's in control of all, righteous and wicked. Sometimes we forget about that. Sometimes we say things like, God, why do you let the wicked prosper? But let me just tell you something. There is, there is a time allotment, I get that, and it doesn't seem like it's fair. But the reality is, Jesus always wins. The kingdom always wins. Eternal life always wins. It doesn't matter what it looks like on earth. This is a fragment of eternity. This is such a small, God says it this way, it's like a vapor. It's like a vapor. Boil some water. See what happens. You get a little vapor, then what? Gone. That's what this time on earth is like. But you know what? There's a whole eternity, whole eternity with God after this. And God not only has a plan for the righteous, but also the wicked. Look at what he says. He's speaking actually to the kings of uh, Persia right here, right before Alexander the Great takes over in the Greece. Here's what happens, verse 45. And look, at he's speaking this all before it happens. So this isn't like, oh yeah, I'm telling you what happened. He's saying, this is what's gonna happen. I'm in control, this is what'll happen. It may not look like that right now, Daniel, but this is what's gonna happen. Read all chapter 11. Look how detailed God is. All the way through chapter 11, you're gonna see God's been in control the whole time. Verse 45 says, and then he shall plant the tents, speaking of the king of Persia, of his palace between the seas, and the glorious holy mountain yet shall come to his end and no one will help him. Let me read this out of the uh, Uh, Different translations. He will stop between the glorious holy mountain and the sea and will pitch his royal tents. But while he's there, his time will suddenly run out and no one will help him. Look, God's got it all under control. Whether it's a wicked king, whether it's a dictator. Look, I know it's bad in the moment because wicked is bad. Evil is bad. Steal, kill, and destroy is not good. And we see it all. God never intended us to see that kind of stuff. But we made the wrong choice. And so there's things, the tree of knowledge and evil, that God never intended for us to see. But all of us in our flesh want to see it. And then when we see it, we say we don't want to see it. But the reality is God still has a plan. He's still in control. Even though he didn't intend for us to see it and that was our choice, God's still in control and God still will be victorious and he'll still win. And this is what he's telling Daniel, and this is what he's telling you. He's got a, He's in control of all. God sees every season. Is the next thing. He sees every season. Look, I think I've shared enough about that. He knows every season. Maybe you're saying, yeah, but what about the decade? Look, he's seen the decade too. He's seen your day. He's seen your month. He's seen your year. We don't see that way. He says to Daniel, Daniel asked this question in verse uh, eight of chapter 12. He asked, he asked the Lord, and I love this conversation uh, and I love how honest we can be to God, and how honest God will be back. Daniel was—he was perturbed by the vision, and here's what he said. And I heard, and I did not understand. Then he said, "My Lord, what shall be the end of these things?" He's seeing this vision, he's saying, "God, what, when's it all going to end? When's it all going to end?" Anyone in a situation right now and be like, "God, when is this going to stop? When's it going to end? When's it going to be over?" Look, Daniel was honest in prayer and you can be honest in prayer too. And you know what? God answered him. God answered him. And here's the truth. We don't see decades or seasons, but he does. And I love what he told Daniel. You stay faithful. You stay faithful. I have a blessing for you. I have an inheritance for you. You keep being faithful. And then he also said for 1,290 days, that's how long, Daniel? Daniel. That part's going to be. The end time, that's going to be a longer way. But th- what you're seeing right here, 1,290 days, is going to be over. See, God can be very specific as well. Maybe you're going through a season and you're asking God, God, how long is it going to be? Give me 30 days. Not that he couldn't do it in one second or one miraculous swoop. He could. But I just love a God that he cares about you. He cares about your needs. That's why the scriptures say my yoke is Easy. Look, he's got broad shoulders. He can handle your news. He can handle your situations. Let me just tell you, it's not the first time he's seen it. You're not going to surprise God. He died for all things, everything. And here's one that uh, still is a conversation piece today, but especially to the Jews. Even uh, when God gave the greatest commandment, the greatest commandment is what? To love God with all your heart, soul, strength, of mind, and to seconds like it, love others as you love yourself, right? When God gave that commandment, there was a conversation right before then. Read it. Go into Matthew and read it. There's actually a debate between him, Jesus, and the Sadducees and the rulers, the religious people, the Jews of that time. And they, the argument was, is there a resurrection? <laughs> Come on, Jesus. You know everything about everything. Sarcastic, of course. And they told Jesus what they thought. And Jesus said, listen, you don't understand God. And you don't understand his power. And he said, there will be a resurrection. And then they said, well, if you're, in a sarcastic term, if you're so wise, then what's the greatest commandment? And then he told them, greatest commandment is to love God. And they were perplexed. They were astounded. They were amazed. And then he said, all the law of the prophets hang on this right here. So what about the resurrection? And when I say resurrection, I'm talking, yes, your physical body resurrects. Jesus answers this in this verse. Look at what he says in verse, uh, chapter 12, verse 2. Chapter 12, verse 2, this is what Jesus says. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth. So let's make it very clear. He made it very clear, didn't he? If you're sleeping in it, how many of you sleep in the dust of the earth every day? None of us do. If you're sleeping in the dust of the earth, you're you're pretty much, he calls it resting. You're done. You're dead, right? On earth. Of course, we never die. But he says, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. So here's Jesus saying, look, there will be a resurrection of physical bodies. We're not talking about the spirit. The spirit's already there. Your physical body that's in the ground Been there for however long. The flesh is gone. There's just bones, whatever. God resurrects it supernaturally, miraculously. Jesus tells us, look, there will be a resurrection. And some of those bodies will go to everlasting life and some won't. But there will be a resurrection. That's a little too deep and big enough for me to figure out. Especially with everything that's I mean we do cremation we do all kinds of things but the reality is God is that powerful even dust he can bring back together because we were made from dust think about it he's that powerful that he can resurrect something that's dead and been in the ground and in the dust and became dust he can bring it back to life that's the God that we worship so is there a resurrection? absolutely is there a heaven or hell? Yes. Are angels working for you on your behalf? Yes. Is God himself fighting for you? Yes. Aren't you thankful for the book of Daniel? So good. Let me close with this. God's promise and encouragement. You know, before I read this, and I'm going to have you stand as I read these things in a second, but God's promise and encouragement all through Daniel, especially these three chapters, God was encouraging Daniel and he's helping Daniel. He's speaking words of affirmation, words of life over Daniel. And maybe we, we miss all that because we get into the details. Some of us do. We look at the details of what's going on or we, we, we tend to look at the negative versus the life that God's speaking. But all through Daniel, God is encouraging Daniel. He's blessing Daniel. He's speaking life over Daniel. He's speaking healing over Daniel. Daniel was fasting for 21 days and had no food. Now, he did that earlier in the book too, if you remember, right? He fasted. He did a vegetable fast. He wouldn't eat the king's delicacies. He did the same thing here, but he was mourning. And instead of getting stronger, he got really frail and weak. In fact, he says, I was fragile. And that's when he began to pray and have this conversation with the Lord. And God began to encourage him and bless him and heal him. You know, if I could help you, church, with anything, a lot of times, and many of you here right now, the way you view God, the way you view God is through situations or experiences that you've had here on earth. You can't see that God wants to encourage you or lift you up or bless you or heal you because all you've seen is hurt. I don't care where it came from. It could have been a parent, it could have been a teacher, it could have been a friend or whatever. But through that, and and maybe you had good situations. Look, if you've had a healthy and good situation, then you can view God maybe in a good way. But many of us have been through hurtful situations, and people have hurt us, and that's how we look at God. We say, well, God is good. Well, I can't see God is good because I was hurt here, so that's how God is. God's out to get me. He's out to hurt me. Now, I can understand where that comes from. I can understand where the root comes from, but let me just say it's not true about God. Just because somebody on earth hurt you, look, we're all flawed and sinful, to be honest, You know, there may be something that happens where I accidentally hurt you, not intentionally. But that doesn't mean that's who God is. Just because you've suffered abuse from a human being on earth, it doesn't mean that God's going to abuse you. Just because people have been unfair and ungodly to you, it doesn't mean that God's out to get you or he's waiting for you to slip up so he can strike you with a lightning bolt. Do you see what I'm saying? That's how we view God. Many of you in this room, you're... Yes, that's how I see God. I see God as he's, he, he doesn't love me. He's out to get me. He doesn't really care about me. He doesn't know my name, but it's not true. The reality is God knows every hair on your head. He knows every moment of your days. He knows everything that's happening in your life, every circumstance, every situation, even the fact that you're sitting here right now. Having these honest thoughts and conversations, yes, I don't see God as good or helpful or encouragement, but let me just show you, Now, Daniel, remember, Daniel's in a situation where he's in bondage and slavery. Why? Because of disobedience. All the Jews are in bondage because of disobedience. But Daniel humbled himself, and because of that, he got to see the real reality of what a true God and the way God was. And look at what he says in verse uh, 12 of chapter 10. Now, I know we read this already. 10 verse 12, look at what he says. Then he said, don't be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day began... You began to pray and understand and to humble yourself before God. Your request has been heard in heaven. I have come in to answer your prayer. And he sent Michael to fight his battles for him. Listen, from the moment that you choose God, look, and I know even before you knew God, he still still saw you, he still knew you, but you need to know the moment that you, the very moment you chose God, he heard you. He hears your prayers. He's listening to you. I love that Jesus said that to Daniel because I'm sure Daniel thought, God, where are you? I'm sitting here in captivity and bondage to multiple countries, I've been thrown into a lion's den. My friends have been thrown into a furnace because we chose to worship you. Where are you? And God says, Daniel, I've heard you, I hear your prayers. And let me just say this, he hears you right here, right now. You choose God and he'll hear your prayers. You choose God and you start talking and he's gonna engage heaven in your situation, I promise. That's who he is. Look at what else he said to Daniel, verse 18, 19. Then the one who looked like a man touched me again. I love that he said he touched me, not in an unhealthy way, he touched him in a healing way. Some of you can't see God as he touched me because you're viewing through the eyes of abuse or whatever it may be. But you have a God that loves you, wants to embrace you, wants to touch you with heaven's healing. And watch what he said. And I felt my strength returning. Don't be afraid, he said, for you are very precious to God. Now I know that's probably the farthest from your thought, isn't it? You're very precious to God. That's what he says about you. You're precious to me. Here we are thinking, God, you're out to get me. And he's saying, look, you're so precious to me peace, be encouraged, be strong. And he spoke these words to me. I suddenly felt stronger and said to him, please speak to me, my Lord, for you have strengthened me. God healed Daniel like that. One touch, he healed him. And maybe you're here today and you need that touch from God. You need that answer. You need that healing. You need that strengthening. You need that peace. Maybe you're here today and you're totally depressed. You're totally anxious about whatever the situation. Look, it really doesn't matter. God says, don't be anxious about anything. You know, we live in a world today that says, look, you're anxious, but that's just who you are. It's not who you are. You're always gonna be depressed. No, you can have peace. Anxiety can be thrown out of your life by one touch from Jesus. Well, I'm just this or I'm just that. No, look. God, you are precious to God. God. He hears your prayers and he's here to meet you and touch you with the healing hand of heaven. Whatever it is you need, he's here. And then he said this in Daniel 12, 13, but you go your way till the end for you shall rest and will rise to you your inheritance at the end of days. Look, this earth isn't your resting place. If you're a follower of God, you have an everlasting, eternal life with the Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And someday we're going to talk to Jesus and he's going to show us what abundant life really looks like for all eternity. But you don't have to wait. You can live it now. Once you stand to your feet? I just want to speak this over you, especially for those of you here today. I'm going to have the team play behind me, but We're going to go into worship here in a second. And altar teams, you can come forward. And if God repeated anything throughout this series, it's this. Please pray. Please pray. I hear your prayers. Look, humble yourselves. You keep drawing near to God. He'll draw near to you. I hear your prayers. Know that I'm a God that not only hears, but I'm doing something about it. I'm fighting for you. You may not see it, but angels are here on your behalf. I'm working for you. I'm for you. I'm not a God that's against you, trying to strike you down. I'm right here fighting for you. And I'm with you. But God, you feel like a million miles away. No, 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 son. No, 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 daughter. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But God, I'm not worthy. My son, my daughter, you're precious to me. You're precious to God. But I don't feel like You can love me. For God sent His Son into the world. Because He loves you, He loves you. That's why He came. It's not about you doing good works. Look, if you love Jesus, you'll do good works. But your good works don't gain you value. What gains you value is a relationship with the one true God. And knowing what he says about you. And knowing who you are. You're not a burden to him. You're a blessing. He's not mad at you. He's madly in love with you. In fact scripture says I'm dancing over you. Singing over you. Do you hear the difference? You see what happened here on earth. Does not define who he is. I'm sorry for what happened here. I'm sorry for what that person has done to you. I'm sorry for what that husband has done to you. But you hear God, you hear Jesus right now. You are precious to him. He loves you. And he's never stopped thinking about you. He says, I'll leave the 99 for you. For you. and For you. I'm tired, God. I'm anxious. I'm feeling weak. My son or my daughter strength and peace be with you. While you're weak, I am strong. Look, when you're weak, it's a good time to come to God because he can strengthen you. He can lift you up. And maybe that hasn't been the case in your life. Maybe nobody has come around you to support you and love you. That's not God. He's always here to pick you up. He's always here to love you and strengthen you. How can I trust him? I get it, Because we've been failed so many times on earth. How can we trust? How can we trust that Jesus? I promise you, he'll never fail you. He'll never lie to you. He'll never deceive you. His promises will always be true. Look, we live in a messy, fallen world. But that's not our God. He's a holy, righteous, good, and merciful God. So even though we see crazy stuff here on earth, know that we have a God full of love and mercy and compassion. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for this church. I thank you for every person here. You know every name. You know every moment, every situation, every circumstance. Lord, you know every heart. Lord, we may try to run away from you, but we can't run away from you. Lord, and you're not running away from us, so let's get that very clear. You're seeking after us, interceding for us, praying for us. All heaven's angels are on our side. And Jesus, we just thank you for that reality. We thank you that through your holy word, the book of Daniel, that we can understand these truths. God, thank you that everything you said in Daniel, except for your second comings, come true come to the earth. Babylon's been destroyed. The Medes and Persians have been destroyed. Greece has been destroyed. Not destroyed and totally, but the, the, the dictator, the, the evil person that's in charge. You've taken care of each one. And Lord, in our world we've got a lot of amazing things that you're doing and there's a lot of evil. But God, you're in control. You're in charge. Help us remember that. Remind us of that. And Lord, right now, we choose you. Lord, if there's somebody in this room that needs salvation, meet them right now. Holy Spirit, meet them right now. Lord, I can't save them. These people up front, they can't save them, but you can right there. And you, sir, you, daughter, just right there, just say, God, I need you. I'm sorry. I've sinned. I know I have. I've disobeyed you. I know I have. I've run. I know I have. But now I'm turning to you. And guess what? When you humble yourself, we'll hear your prayer. He'll meet you right there. Just say, Jesus, I'm making you Lord of my life. Right there. He's saving you. Saving you. Lord, thank you for that. Thank you for the salvation of every person here that has received you as Lord. Thank you that you're doing a mighty work in all of us. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said. If you need prayer, you come at any time. Look, we we need to pray. We need to pray. We need to pray together. We need to pray. Now let's see what God will do. So if you need prayer, come at any time. Until then, let's worship. We'll stay as long as you need to, but come for prayer whenever you're ready. Let's worship.